Welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Remember to subscribe to our show. Now this week, Villa were linked once again with a move for Leeds United's midfielder Tyler Adams. Today, I'm joined by Leeds fan Jack Douglas. Jack is a sports journalist and writes for football site Breaking the Lines. So Jack, just how good is Tyler Adams? It's very good if what you're looking for is sort of a combative, hard-working midfielder that's going to win you the ball. Um, where he does struggle is then when he's won the ball, when he's on the ball himself passing, um, that's not particularly his game. But if you're sort of looking for that holding midfielder that's really going to um, put his stamp on the match, um, on the midfield, win everything, uh, and then move the ball onto players, better at, better at progressing the ball, better at uh, moving it forward, then is, is exactly what you're looking for. Okay, um, so can you see why a number of Premier League teams, you know, Chelsea have been linked, I think Brighton maybe have been linked. Can you see why so many clubs have been linked with him? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so it, 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 I guess it would be tough to sort of really gauge just how good he is from his performances at Leeds last season. Um, he was playing in a system that, in an all fairness, did not suit any of our players. Um, he would win the ball, but because of the... Um, the nature of Jesse Marsh's uh, chaotic system, we would win the ball every five seconds and then within five seconds we've lost it and we need to uh, chase them down in packs again. So a really narrow system didn't suit him. He'd get the ball and then he'd have no one really to get the ball onto. He'd have Mark Rocker two yards away who would then lose it himself. So from that point of view, it is difficult maybe to really see how good he is. But from... In terms of winning the ball, Stamp put his authority on the match. You can definitely understand why. I think Chelsea, I saw, were the last team to be linked with him. And you can understand why, if they do fail with the move for Caicedo, or from a Brighton point of view, if they do lose Caicedo, you can see how he would uh, really fit that mould of sort of player, really. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that on the ball he's not been great for Leeds. Do you think maybe, you just mentioned the system there, do you think it maybe was linked to that? Possibly, because like I say, the system didn't really suit any of our players. But he, on the on the ball, where he does struggle, but if you look at sort of the uh, England versus America game in the World Cup, mm. where Amer America really did impress in the midfield, he were the legs that won the ball and then he had the likes of Eunice Moussa next to him, who was the one carrying it forward, who was the one passing it forward to players like Pulisic, things like that. So in a system, so Villa, for instance, if he was next to someone with the ability of, say, Yuri Tielemans or had Jacob Ramsey in front of him, you could really see sort of Adams' job would be, first and foremost, win the ball, then play the simple pass, get it to the players with more technical ability, more nous, if you like, going forward. And it really would fit in and work perfectly well, yeah. OK, and, uh, you know, he got injured in March and missed uh, the rest of the season for Leeds. How big a part did that play in Leeds going down, do you think? Uh, a massive part because as well, sort of in that time, it was sort of turmoil off the field as well. We had managers, um, Jesse Marsh lost his job, Javi Gracia came in for a short while um, and then we all know how it went with Big Sam. So it, it is difficult to, to really say, really. Um, we had Weston McKenney coming from Juventus who... Uh, let's just say, didn't impress um, and didn't sort of fill the gap that we needed. Um, 
Mark Rocker really struggled throughout his season at Leeds. You could see he was good on the ball, but apart from that, he was a bit of a luxury player, really. So a lot of the times when Adams did play, it was kind of a one-man midfield because Rocker would just be a passenger anyway. So it, we definitely missed him if he'd have been next to part of an established midfield. But Leeds have, have struggled um, with having that established midfield for a few seasons now. Yeah, and, you know, so with Villa being linked to them, you know, Villa actually, for years we were complaining about Villa's centre midfield has been a bit of a weak spot. Now it seems to be probably our strongest area, really. You've got Tielemans, Bubakar Kamara, uh, Douglas Louise, you know, Tim O'Robin coming through the youth team, Ramsey, McGinn. It's it's very strong. So signing Adams seems a bit... Um, it doesn't immediately strike you as an area Villa needs to improve, but at the same time, we don't really... I guess if Kamara got injured, there wouldn't be a really natural CDM to go in there. I don't think Tielemans really is that player. Um, so, I, But I guess with Adams as well, can he also cover at fullback? I noticed a lot of... There's been a lot of chat about potentially, you know, moving over and playing in a you know, back right if ever Cash wasn't there or anything. So has he shown any of that kind of versatility? Uh, not for Leeds, because we were that sort of light on in central midfield numbers last year. Um, now, I'm aware that he has filled in uh, right back at his time in Germany with Leipzig. Um, I think he might have played there for uh, the American youth teams uh, occasionally. So he can do it. If you uh, and like if you're sort of looking at his game, you, you and you're playing right back, don't expect sort of the marauding wing back to be getting up and down because that's not part of his game. Hmm. I, I imagine he'd be quite similar uh, to Aaron Wambasaka, sort of really good one on one defensively. If you're a winger, you're thinking, oh god, I don't want to run at him. <laughs> but going forward, this would be where he's very different to uh, Cash or. Um, because Cash really likes to get forward, bombing up mm. and down that wing because he's a former winger himself. Adams, although he's quick, he's very good defensively. Going forward, he's passing like we've mentioned before. I'm, I'm not sure that would be his game, really. But I think sort of you, you went through the Villa midfielders earlier. Um, obviously, with European competition this year, and hoping to bridge that gap, as I'm sure you are, to the sort of established big six, if you like, mm. and Newcastle. It's just strength in depth that a lot of... Premier League clubs have a very good starting eleven, and then that's it. So Adams would certainly offer strength in depth to, like you say, if one of the midfielders did get injured or he could potentially slot in. It might be interesting to see if he could play sort of as a wide centre-half in a back three, because although he's not the tallest, he's very good defensively, like I say. Because that is interesting, because Villa are, when they're in possession in pre-season, have been uh, changed their tactic where we are playing a back three, essentially, and the full-back's bombing on. So that, yeah, I feel like he could probably cover those defensive positions if they're playing high and also um, maybe a couple of centre midfield roles. But also you, you sort of think he was quite, a, as a tackler, you know, that, that sounds like his best attribute, um, breaking up play, disruptor. Um, was he quite fast onto the opposition? Did you tend to see that, like, as soon as the opposition got it, Todd Adams tended to get there and make life hard for them? Yeah, I think as well, part of his game was anticipation, sort of. There'd be times where they would get the ball and within a few seconds he's on them, or there'd be times where he's immediately on them, so he's anticipated, he's read how the game's going, and he's come straight in with a crunching tackle. So it's a bit of both, really. He's he's on it, but he also reads the game really well. OK, so if you were to sort of sum it up then, you know, uh, if Villa were to sign him, or let's say Chelsea or whoever, um, what 
What player are they getting, do you think? Um, a player that keeps it ticking, a player that's never going to set the world alight, but is the sort of player that every team needs. Mm. Um, you look at all the good teams over the years, you look at one of Man City's best players last year was Rodri, and although Rodri is far better going forward, he's just always there, keeps it ticking, keeps things... Make sure marshalling the midfield, really, breaking play up. All teams need a player like that, and then it's down to the other creative players that you've got to really put their sort of creative stamp on the game. Um, he's the one that's going to start all your attacks. He'll win the ball. He'll give it to someone better than him, and then you take it from there. Okay, and also, you know, it's worth mentioning the injury. He, I, I gather he's still out from that uh, hamstring injury he got. Yeah, so it's sort of it appeared to be a bit of a worse tear than they'd thought. So likelihood that he's going to be out till probably September at, at least. So possibly after the window closes, but um, with sort of the strength in depth that you mentioned, whether they, they would want to go and exercise that option and sign him whilst he's still injured because they've got that depth is, I guess, would be uh, up, to, up to you guys. Okay, well, Jack, it's been great to chat to you. Um, you know, where, if people want to find your work online, where can they? Uh, where can they find you? Uh, just give just a follow um, on on Twitter. Really, uh, we write for breaking the lines. A few other a few other pages too. So it's just at J Douglas Spot. Mm-hmm.